0: Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast with Brevin and Maddie, where we get into everything fitness, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. Welcome back to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast. How are you doing today, Maddie?
1: Oh, things are going good. We had some Big B coffee brought to us by our friend Chase. He was on the previous podcast, if you haven't listened to that. So that was a nice treat.
0: We love to see that. Okay, I do have a question for all the listeners. Feel free to send us a message on Instagram. Um, or contact us however um, but I think it's a really hotly debated topic um, that I want your guys's opinion on cottage cheese yes or no <laughs>
1: that just cracks me up <laughs> I think cottage cheese is
0: one of the most disgusting things of all time Maddie eats it for fun so
1: dude smashing two servings of that that's like what 20 25 probably 25 grams of protein so not worth it to me Dude that is demo so it, it easy. is
0: not only looks disgusting it tastes disgusting it smells disgusting you haven't disgusting. even tried it I don't it. care there's no way <laughs> I don't know so the let us know the texture
1: is definitely interesting let though, us
0: know but... what your as opinion are um, I'm going to put up a poll on Instagram today too so <laughs> be sure to vote on that um this will be coming out on Friday so um send us a message let us know cottage cheese yes or no if it's yes I don't like you
1: So Team Cottage Cheese or not?
0: Team not. (laughs) But we're coming at you with another Q&A today. What do we got first?
1: So the first one is, should I be taking creatine? And if so, how much should I be taking?
0: Well, considering creatine or steroids, probably not. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Creatine is not steroids. Um, Creatine, I think that anyone that has a goal of lifting, um, building muscle, losing fat, body composition, if you take fitness seriously... um, and you lift weights, I think that you should take creatine every single person. It's the most well-researched and scientifically-backed supplement on the market. It's also very, very cheap, and it is very, very beneficial. Um, There's no negative side effects that have been shown in research, and like I said, it's the most well-researched and well-supported scientifically um, supplement that is on the market. Um, So kind of how creatine works, just for um, a little example, When you're exercising, especially lifting weights, you're using ATP, adenosine triphosphate, as your energy source. Um, When it is broken down, or when you're using it for exercise, it's broken down to ADP, adenosine diphosphate, so it only has two phosphates. Um, So when you take the creatine... Essentially what happens is the creatine phosphate circulating in your blood donates one of its phosphates, so then it becomes the the ADP to ATP again. Um, It gains another phosphate, so then you can essentially recycle that ADP into ATP to utilize it for energy again, Um, so it's going to help with recovery. It's going to help build strength, muscle mass. It's going to help with fatigue um, helps with so many different things. Um, there's so many benefits to it and there's no downside to it. Again, it's also very cheap and I'm not very big on supplements at all, but creatine is something I would recommend to 99.9% of people. Um, if yeah. it's something that you can afford,
1: this is one that we have on our uh, supplement guide, right? This yeah. is one of the recommended ones.
0: Yeah, this is, this is one that, like I said, if you take fitness seriously, um, or lift weights and you want the extra benefit, it's like $20, um, As far as how much you should take, um, a lot of people will tell you um, or a lot of uh, like supplement companies will tell you that you need to load creatine. You need to take like 20 grams um, per day for like seven days and then go down to five grams per day. And in all reality, creatine works on saturation. So just kind of think about keeping the storage tank full by taking 5 grams every single day. So 5 to 10 grams, depending on how big you are. If you're a bigger male, uh, maybe closer to that 10 grams per day. Um, But in all reality, the biggest thing is going to be just working on that saturation. So just keep those levels full. Take 5 to 10 grams every single day. You don't need a loading period or anything like that. Um, I prefer the creatine pills. Um, they're just little capsules that are already kind of pre-made. They're a tad bit more expensive, but they're way more convenient in my opinion. You can take them with any liquid, where with the uh, um the powder, sometimes it doesn't taste great It doesn't mix well. Um,
1: yeah, it can be kind of grainy. Yeah, it, de- it really depends though. But it's more of a personal preference as to whether you want the pill or the powder.
0: Yeah, it really makes no difference. Um, the pills are already five grams, I believe, or they're two and a half grams, I believe. Um. So that is creatine in a nutshell. Yes, you should take it. Yes, it has no negative side effects. Um, yes, it's cheap. Yes, it's well-researched and backed.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that I hear a lot from people is like they're concerned about like weight gain or bloating when it comes to starting to take creatine. So
0: Yeah, and that's good. Um, One of the, uh, the things that creatine does is it's going to pull water into the muscle, and that's how it works. That means that it is working. So, yes, you'll probably see a little bit of – um, movement upward on the scale when you do start to take it, but it's just because you're holding a little bit more water, um, but that's hydrating the muscle that is giving you some of the benefits of creatine right there. So that just shows you that the creatine is actually working. Um, and one last thing I want to add with creatine is creatine monohydrate is what you need to take. Um, there's a couple different kinds of creatine out there. Um, some of them are going to tell you that they um, absorb a little bit faster, stuff like that, but they're they're 100% not worth it. Creatine monohydrate is the one that you need to take.
1: Yeah. And one thing that I also emphasize to people that want to take creatine or they buy creatine is you need to load the muscles with it. So if you're not like taking it every day or taking it regularly, I, I just say you might as well not take it at all. Um, just because we do want to make sure that we're getting it to the muscles and making sure that it is actually being loaded within. So
0: Yeah, that's what I said. It kind of works on that saturation, so just take it every single day. Um, you don't need a loading phase or anything like that. You just need to continually take it every single day, um, and that is creatine.
1: Yes, very nice. All right, the next one. I've been struggling with binge eating for about 10 years. I need to lose about 50 pounds, and every time I end up binging, how do I stop?
0: This is a fantastic question, um, and I think something a lot of people struggle with. So, I generally see three reasons why people are binge eating. Um, The first reason kind of has part A and part B. Um, So, number one is over-restriction. So, part A of this, um, the first reason in over-restriction is you're just really fucking hungry. Um, So, I see this a lot with people that just get super, super busy. Um, So... I remember the time where you uh, were coming home late from work, you missed lunch, you didn't have it, um, you got busy at work, whatever it was, and then you end up, because you don't have any food prepped at home, you don't have any groceries, you end up in the fast food line and all of a sudden you consume 2,000 calories of Taco Bell. Trust me, I've been there. Um, so that that's number one, is you're just really hungry, so it's just about making sure that you're actually eating satiating meals. Um, I also see this with people that are like, I'm going to eat really small meals all day and you're just never full. You don't like the feeling of getting full, so you're just always hungry. Um, so you're always food focused, and you just end up eventually just being so hungry that you just binge on something. Um, and you're like, oh fuck, or you don't even realize. And this is with this one, I see a lot of people. They're like, oh, I'm in a calorie deficit, but I'm not losing weight. And they're like, yeah, during the day you're in a calorie deficit, but at night you're eating a fuck ton of food and you're not even logging it because if you don't log it, it doesn't happen, right? So. (laughs) So that's that's what I see, um, part A of over-restriction. Um, part B of over-restriction is you're labeling foods as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. You have a bad relationship with food, um, so you're restricting certain foods from your diet. And this is a lot of times, it's, it's going to be restricting the foods that you view as, view as bad or unhealthy, restricting those, whether it's like pizza or sweets or candy or ice cream, whatever it is, you're restricting those. And you try to hold off, hold off, hold off on those until you inevitably give in and have that. And then because it's bad, you you feel really guilty about it and you know that you're not going to be able to have it again. You have that scarcity mindset around it. You're like, well, I might as well eat the whole pizza because I can't have this again and I already gave into it, so fuck it. And that's kind of the fuck it mentality with this one part B of over-restriction is fuck it. I already had the bad food. I might as well have all the bad food because I'm not going to have it again. I'm going to restrict it from my diet after today. Um, so that's part one is just over restriction. Um, number two is it's based in emotion. So you're suppressing your emotions by turning to food. So instead of dealing with the stress, anxiety, depression, anger, sadness, whatever it is, whatever emotions are the only ones I can think of, um, whatever emotion you're dealing with, instead of dealing with that emotion, I guess not dealing with um, whatever emotion you're feeling, you're not dealing with it you're just turning to food. Um, so a lot of times you'll see this with stress, um, or sadness, depression, anger, yeah,
1: like a tragic event too. Yeah. Just you're just like, I don't like want to
0: deal with this. I'm going to turn to food. Cause that gives me that quick dopamine rush. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, I feel better. And eventually, yeah. And eventually <laughs> you feel shitty again. So you continually turn to food because that gives you that sense of like happiness, that sense of feel good you don't have to deal with anything else because you're eating the food that you enjoy you're you're doing all this stuff but you're never dealing with those emotions so keep continually coming back and just a really vicious cycle when you're in that emotional eating or binge eating uh cycle um and number three it is your identity you identify as a binge eater binge eating is who you are it's what you are um so your brain doesn't like to change your identity so it's going to fight against you so if you're constantly telling yourself that you're a binge eater and that's just who you are like oh, i just binge eat then when you try to change, when you try to go into a deficit, which is inherently restrictive by restricting those calories, um, you're going to end up in that binge because that's just who you are. You're, you're trying not to binge. Your brain doesn't want to be a not binge eater anymore. So you end up in that binge again because that's just who you are. That's your identity. Your brain doesn't want to change that. Your brain likes consistency it likes to be in the state that it is. It does not want to change, so it's going to make it very very hard for you to change if that's how you identify.
1: Yeah, you just kind of learn to accept that you're a binge eater. So when it comes up, it's yeah. just part of you.
0: Because your subconscious actions will lead you to self-sabotage because you're identifying your 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 language to yourself, your internal dialogue is that that's just who you are. So your subconscious action is going to take that route, and it's going to lead you to binge eating. So those are the three reasons I generally see people binge eating. What was the rest of the question?
1: Um, how do I stop? So there was like, um, I need
0: to lose fifty pounds, yeah, but every time yeah. I try, I end up binging. How, how do, do I stop? stop? So I think the first thing that you have to to do is build awareness around which one you are, and sometimes it can be more than one. But let's identify the one your biggest trigger, the one that's causing you to have the most amount of issues. Is it over restriction? Is it emotional eating? Or is it just your identity? We need to figure out which one that is. Once we identify, we can start to attack that one specific area. So if it's over restriction, we have to work on not restricting ourselves. We have to work on incorporating our favorite foods, improving our relationship with food. If it's um, emotional eating, we have to start to deal with our emotions, whether it's meditating, journaling, talking through it, finding another way to deal with those emotions rather than turning finding to food. Finding an
1: outlet of some sort.
0: Exactly. A healthy outlet. Yep, yep. Um, and if it's your identity, we have to work to start to change your identity, start to change that inner talk, that self-talk, and change how you view yourself and start to work through changing that identity. So once you do that, once you become aware of where you're at, then it's about attacking that. And losing 50 pounds um, – yep. So first and foremost, um, weight loss has to be on the back burner here, unfortunately, because if you continually try to go into a deficit and try to lose all this weight while you have this binge eating tendency, you're going to continue to fall into that because you're inherently going into a restrictive mindset um, when you have to restrict calories and a deficit. Now, deficits don't have to be restrictive, but they are restrictive by nature because you're holding back calories, you're restricting calories. That's the whole point of a calorie deficit. So you have to pick... Working on your relationship with food, you have to pick, this is what we call dieting from the inside out. This is the internal shit that you have to deal with before you're able to lose fat. And that's why the first phase of our program, the Metabolism Revive Framework, is a priming phase. We're priming your body physically, mentally, and emotionally. We're making sure you're in a good spot to go through a fat loss phase. So this is the shit that we're dealing with. This is what we call the foundation. You have to build your foundation. You have to have a really strong foundation before you go into that fat loss phase. Because if you don't have that strong foundation, those cracks are going to come through and the house is going to crumble. So you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't have a good relationship with food, if you do emotionally eat and you haven't dealt with that, if your identity is a binge eater. You're setting yourself up for failure, going into a deficit right away, and that's where so many people struggle, and that's why we have our program set up the way we do with that priming phase first, that foundation phase first. We're thinking about remodeling the house, filling in the cracks in the foundation, rather than just trying to deal with the cracks in the foundation and throw up some nice paint on the walls.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: never going to work. The, the house is still going to fall over. Um, so hold back right now. Hold back from that instant gratification of fat loss now and work on this internal shit because that's the stuff that's holding you back. It's not nutrition. It's not workouts. It's not any of this other stuff. It's the internal shit that no one wants to deal with that's holding you back. So deal with that first. Hold back on that instant gratification. And long term, you will lose that 50 pounds and actually keep it off, and you won't deal with the shit that keeps happening, this constant yo-yo dieting cycle.
1: Yeah, and that's why we have our Fat Loss Forever group is like we cannot emphasize – the most like with this internal stuff getting that solid foundation and working through all those kinks before even trying to go through any body recomposition fat loss stuff like
0: that yeah subtle plug join the at the fat loss forever group on facebook we do weekly live trainings free resources accountability and teach you how to never have to restrict or eliminate anything on your diet to finally reach your goals and to create food freedom for yourselves um so again fat loss forever on facebook um, join, we'll accept, send you a message. Welcome to you to the group.
1: Yep. Just make sure you answer those questions. So we know how we can best help you. Exactly. All right. Next up we got, I'm just starting my fitness journey. What should I focus on more calories or macros?
0: I love this question. This is something that I get all the time. I'm glad someone asked this one. Um, so first I want to address calories versus macros. Um, they're one and the same, um, your calories and macros, your macros add up to your calories. So if you're focusing on one, you're still talking about the other. Um, you might only be focusing on calories, but you still have macros. You still have protein, carbs, and fats because that's what's adding up to your calories. Um, but I like I have what we call the um, pyramid of awareness or the pyramid of the hierarchy of nutrition, we'll call it. Um, so kind of visualize a pyramid here. I'm making it with my hands, but you can't see it. Um, but visualize a pyramid at the bottom, it's bigger. At the top, it's smaller. So as you go up, it's less important stuff to focus on. The bottom is the base. That's the most important stuff. So encompassing the entire pyramid is adherence. No matter what we do, if you can't adhere to it, it fucking sucks. We could have the greatest plan in the world, but if it doesn't work for you in your life, you can't stick to it, then it fucking sucks. So now that we have that out of the way, adherence is number one. Consistency, adherence, those are the two most important things. Um, But at the base of the pyramid is going to be calories. Calories in versus calories out is going to dictate whether you gain, maintain, or lose weight. But 2,500 calories of McDonald's and 2,500 calories of lean meats, fruits, veggies, the quote-unquote healthy food, we all know what we're talking about when we say that. 2,500 calories is 2,500 calories. That's either going to help you maintain, gain, or lose, depending on where your maintenance calories are at. Then, for body composition reasons, this is the pyramid for body composition For losing weight, then we have protein next. So calories is the base. Then we have protein. Protein is going to be the most important macronutrient for body composition. It's going to help you a maintain muscle mass. It's got the highest thermic effect of food. It's going to help you build muscle mass. It is the most important macro. So if you're going to focus on anything, focus on calories first and then protein. If you can do those two things, you're going to set yourself up for a lot of success. Then we have the other two macros. We have carbs and fats. These are gonna be important for um, hormone health for fats, vitamin and mineral absorption and digestion for fats. And then with carbs, it's going to be for performance. Um, So this is helping you build muscle, um, helping you have energy, helping you feel good. Also important for some hormonal issues as well. Um, But if your goal is body composition, calories first and then protein and then carbs and fats. So for people just starting out, We'll have clients just track calories and protein. Yes, you're still weighing out and logging carbs and fats because that stuff's still important, and we need to know where it's at so we know where your calories are at because, again, protein, carbs, and fats, your macros add up to your calories. So that's how we'll know how many calories you're having, and then we're having you track your protein as well because that's the most important for body composition. So that's kind of the hierarchy. Um, And then on top of that, we have micronutrients. So let's get where we kind of get into like food quality. Again, 2,500 calories of McDonald's and 2,500 calories of the quote-unquote healthy food is gonna do the same thing from a weight standpoint, but from a feel good, function good, perform well, and just not feel like shit, micronutrients are very important. So food quality is very important still. Um, So those are the four things that we generally focus on with clients. Those are the most important things. If you can do that, that's what I call the 90%. If you can do those things consistently, and you can adhere to those things consistently, and you can do those really, really well, you're going to achieve 90% of the results you want from a body composition standpoint. Now, when we get into um, the 10%, that's gonna be meal timing, meal frequency, supplementation. Those are things that, yes, they are important. Yes, they have a time and a place to talk about, but that's the 10%. Too many people focus on the 10% of things instead of the 90% of things. What supplements do I need to take? How many meals do I need to eat? How often do I need to eat? Those things don't matter. You can eat all your calories in one meal if you really want to, and they're still going to do the same thing if you split it up into six meals. So focus on the 90% first and foremost. Focus on calories. Focus on protein, carbs, and fats, and then micronutrients. That is the hierarchy of um, body composition.
1: Yep, and that's why we say calories are king also. Yes, they are. All right, ready for this last one? Let's do it. I hear people say that it's bad to eat less than 1,200 calories, but what if you're really short and super overweight? I'm 5'1 and 140 pounds.
0: Not super overweight.
1: And not super overweight. My bad. My bad. Missing Reading, things. Reading's hard. Reading is definitely hard.
0: So, 5'1, 140 pounds. Definitely not crazy overweight. Um, So... I think this is where a lot of blanket statements can kind of confuse people. And something I say all the time is don't eat 1,200 calories. That is for the majority of people. There are some people that are on the other ends of the spectrum. There are some people that need to eat a shit ton of calories. There are some people that don't need to eat very many calories. If you're a very small human, you might not need to eat a lot of calories. And if you're in a calorie deficit and you're trying to get pretty lean, then you might need to dip to 1,200 calories. But for the majority of people, no, you don't need to eat 1,200 calories. And the reason that we say don't eat 1,200 calories, because again, for the majority of people, when you go into a deficit and you just go straight to 1,200 calories, you are just setting yourself up for failure. But if it fits for you as an individual, then that's great. We're talking blanket statements here. 1,200 calories is not necessary for the majority of people. There are some females who are very small, who are very short who might need to eat 1,200 calories, who might not even have a lot of activity throughout the day, because that's going to be a huge impact. If you work from home, you don't move very much. You're very small. You're a female. You might not need to eat 2,500 calories per day. Now, if you're an elite international powerlifter competing with team USA, who has a lot of muscle mass, Maddie, you might need a to eat a lot t- of
1: muscle mass. Thanks for that compliment.
0: <laughs> don't get too big. I'm Go working ahead. on that. <laughs> you might need to eat 25 or 2,600 calories a day. You move a lot. You work in a gym. You work out a lot. You do all this stuff. Yeah, 25, 2,600 calories make sense for you. But if you're a 5'1", 140-pound female who is in a deficit, your maintenance calories might only be 2,000. So digging towards the end of that fat loss phase, you might need to dig to 1,200 calories. Now, you're not going to stay there prolonged. You're not going to stay there for a long time. But you might have to go there. And you see this a lot. Um, and again, this is not many people that listen, if any, to this podcast. You see this a lot in like physique athletes, so people that are stepping onto a bodybuilding stage. Those girls, bikini girls, that yes, they have a lot of muscle mass, but some of them have to dip to 1,200, 1,100, or 1,000 calories um, because they're getting towards the end of their stage lean prep. So you might have to dig that deep. But for the majority of people, no. And this is why, um, again, Referencing back to our program, the priming phase is so, so important because what we're doing here is we're building your calories as high as we possibly can at maintenance because maintenance is a range. It can be plus or minus three to 400 calories one way or the other, depending on activity level, muscle mass, hormones, stuff like that. So we want to build you to the higher end of that maintenance because when you cut, then you can cut from the higher end of that deficit rather than have to drop calories that low. So... Yes, there are a few circumstances where 1,200 calories might be um, needed, but for the majority of people who are trying to lose weight, 1,200 calories is not the go-to. That's just where I hear that the most, unfortunately, is people go into their doctor and be like, yeah, you need to lose weight, do 1,200 calories. I mean, yeah, you're going to lose weight, but it's completely unsustainable for 95% of people, probably 99% of people. It's completely unsustainable long-term. So, you no. 1200 calories is not the answer. There is a better way. There's a way where you don't have to be nearly as restricted, where your body is going to function and feel better. So I hope that answers that question.
1: Yeah. And one thing that I also want to say is I feel like also with everything that's out there, whether it's on the internet, social media and stuff is people are always comparing themselves to somebody else when everybody is really different and everybody needs to really take into account their history, where they're at currently, what their goals are and really find out the best way for them to go about it versus even just some random way that usually is by the books. It's really not like that for nutrition.
0: Well, and that's where, um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the stuff is it's an, it depends. It depends on you, your history, your past, your eating history, everything like that. Like we can throw out blanket statements all day long that are going to fit the majority of the people, but that's where you might not be the majority. You may be on one end or the other. You may fall in that, that majority category. Um, But this is where like individualized one-on-one coaching becomes so, so valuable because that's where like this might work for 80% of people or 50% of people, but you fall into the opposite end of that. You fall into the 50% that doesn't work for, um, or the 50% that needs something different. So this is where, like I said, one-on-one coaching where you can really focus on what you need as an individual and learn your body and what works for you and what doesn't work for you is so valuable.
1: Yep. Do you think we have time for another question? We can maybe finish that last one.
0: Uh, no, I think we'll cut it there.
1: Okay, okay. Because I'm about to head to the gym to train some in-person clients. I got some new clients that I'm taking on and meeting with today. So.
0: Hell yeah. That Good is, stuff. Good that stuff. is all we have for you guys today. Again, um, Team Cottage Cheese or No <laughs> Cottage Cheese, let us know. Um, and then always feel free to send us a DM, um, message, however you want to get a hold of us. Um, if you ever want one of your questions answered on our Q&As or something we enjoy doing, we get to answer a little bit more in-depth what you guys are really struggling with um, on a more individualized basis rather than kind of talking through just generalized stuff. Um, so feel free to send us a message. If you have anything specifically that you want us to talk about, we're here for you guys.
1: Yeah, whether it's a and a or even like a complete podcast topic, um, we love hearing from you guys on things that you're either struggling with, things that you're interested in, all of that.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast. We'll see you next time. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we go into everything training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. We would really appreciate it if you guys share this on your story. We would love to see who's listening and say thank you. And if you guys leave us a five-star rating and review, that would be amazing. If you guys ever have any questions, um, feel free to send us a message, DM us. We have our social media linked in the show notes. So if you have any questions or any topics you'd like us to cover, please feel free to message us. We're always here to help you guys out.